Welcome to WTF, West Bank Talks Finance, the podcast that turns WTF moments into knowledge that you can use to make informed financial decisions. Subscribe to get notifications when we release new episodes. Today, we've got Paula Green, who is the head of insurance at West Bank Motor, as well as Ngawa Salare Sikazwe, who is the business head for claims and bad debts. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Levo. All right, as always, we do source out the experts to make sure that you have the right information that will guide you accordingly as you make those decisions. Today, we're talking insurance. And I want us to really start from the beginning, Insurance 101. You know, people don't necessarily like it. They don't understand it. They don't want it uh, to a great extent. But why is it important? Why do we have to have insurance? I must say, Libo, thanks. Um, so, so most people see insurance as a grudge purchase. Um, but from a vehicle finance perspective, it's mandatory. You should have insurance. Um, and, and we want you to take our comprehensive insurance to ensure that the asset is covered. So it's very important because, you know, anything can happen. You know, mm. driving in South Africa, have you seen the potholes? <laughs> They're huge. So the insurance will cover you for that, you know. So, yeah, it's very important to have insurance. Okay. I know it's not, it's not a nice feeling uh, with the average premium uh, sitting at 1800 um, depending on what car you drive, I know it's it's a substantial amount of money, mm. but if you look at the benefit, you know, in the eventuality of anything happening, you're covered. You're covered. I like that. The comfort of of, of being covered in Gawa. I'm not sure if you want to add because from a claims perspective, you obviously deal with with a lot of claims. If I can put it that way, when something happens, yeah. um, Paula said it's mandatory to have insurance. Uh, and so I agree with Paula. Um, so it is mandatory to have it. And the bank is just not saying that because they want to say that to you or to make you add on costs onto your uh, uh, already existing cost base. But it's also because it covers you. Uh, we live in a world or oh, life in general. It has got a lot of eventualities and you may end up uh, being involved in an incident where your car is stolen or even written off because you've had an accident. Mm. And those are the moments where uh, things like insurance then comes in to cover you. Uh, because at the end of the day, the bank has taken out money to pay a dealer for you to have the car that you drive. Mm. And, and I think the misconception mostly comes in when people say, uh, my car was involved in an accident or my car was stolen, so why do I still have to pay the bank? Mm. It does not take away from the fact that the bank paid somebody for the car that you're driving now, so it still remains your liability to pay the money back to the bank, and that's where insurance companies uh, or insurance cover would come in to pay off what you owe the bank. Interesting. So so if we take it maybe further down, let's say I've got this car of mine, um, it gets stolen or written off. You know, I mean, those are two scenarios, most likely, or it hits a pothole and it can't move, <laughs> like in your case, Paula. But I'm not insured. 
then what? What happens? Okay. So I think to Paula's uh, uh, words there, I want to focus on the part where she mentioned that it has to be comprehensive. Mm. Because you could take out a different type of cover that's not comprehensive, meaning that it will not cover you for, for, for a lot more eventualities that it would. Uh, but in the event that you do not have uh, insurance cover, uh, like I said earlier, the responsibility or the liability still lies with you because we paid out money as a bank. But there will be a process that we follow in terms of assisting you uh, because at the end of the day, we appreciate that you, you are a customer and we'll still try and assist you in terms of assisting you in form of either selling your vehicle off mm. to an interested uh, buyer, depending on the damage that the car has has. Um, uh, sustained. Uh, okay. So there are options in terms of my car's now been, let's say, for example, your car is, is stolen. And so there's no uh, uh, asset out there. So we normally rely on the asset as our security as a bank. So our security is now no longer there. We have options for you. We will make an arrangement with you. Okay. Uh, ideally, uh, we would uh, prefer that the account is settled in full, but we understand that that may not be possible. So we will uh, get into an arrangement with you okay. uh, to allow you a certain period to pay the, the amount off. But those are the exceptions. Ideally, we want you to have insurance yeah. cover. Okay. And and we'll get into, into those scenarios later on. Um, you know, and I just want clarity, and, and Paula, you're welcome to take on this one as well. The biggest question that I've got right now, as somebody who's got insurance scenario again, you know, does it cover everything that I owe in, in, a, in a case where there's an accident or the car is written off? Will the insurance cover everything that I owe? The outstanding amount as such? Because you, you mentioned earlier on that, you, you know, you emphasized actually on comprehensive insurance. There seems to be a difference. But does that cover everything that I owe? I think essentially that's what I want to find out for our Okay, listeners. all right. So I think it's important that when you take out insurance cover, you actually read those T's and C's. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the small fine print is very important in this case because in the cover that you take out with the insurance company, it's important that you know, are you insuring your vehicle for retail or market value or are you being charged additional excesses to your normal excess? So you need to understand what value has my vehicle been insured for versus what do I owe the bank? In addition to that, you need to understand what excesses are being charged mm. uh, that will then ultimately determine how much payout comes to the bank. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's 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 those small little things like that that you need to know upfront the fine print. before you actually get into that incident. And I know sometimes because you just bought yourself a new car, it's the excitement of driving mm. the new car that you don't read those fine prints. Mm. But you need to read them upfront because after the accident or after the incident, it's too late to read the the, the, the fine, fine print. print. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, Paul, I don't know if you want to add on to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ngawa rightly mentioned that, you know, retail value, market value. Do you maybe want to unpack that? Because those two things seem yeah. to be quite important when it comes yeah. to insurance. So so just on that, I mean, um, insurance is obviously based on the customer's risk. 
uh, depending on what car you drive, your age, you know, all of those mm. risk factors are taken into account when they when they give you a premium. That's why when customers um, are shopping around, they look obviously for the cheaper premium. And just on what Ngao said, check the T's and C's, you know, check if it is the market value, because that's the value um, that your market value is obviously your trade plus your um your trade plus your retail divided by two will give you a market value and your retail is the higher value. Okay. Um, but if you insure it for the higher value, you will obviously pay more. And would customers know, know the difference? I mean, do, do insurance companies explain yes, the difference? They do. Um, because I'm just thinking I'm a customer. I'm obviously excited to get this car yeah. and I don't, I hardly want to go through a long call of explanations because I just want to pick up my car. So are we saying that insurance companies do explain the differences? They do. They do. But um, what I've picked up uh, in the industry, uh, Libs, is that um, they actually ask you, you know, is the vehicle financed? Mm. They won't insure it for the lesser value because they know that the bank has got an interest in that asset. The bank has an interest in that asset. I like yes. that. Um, so, I mean, it, we want a win-win as the bank. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. And, 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 and I think at the end of the, the insurance companies also want to make sure that the customer is covered in the event of a total loss, mm. that the outstanding amount that is owed would be covered. Hmm. Interesting. And, 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 and Gaw, I'm going to take it back to you. So I'm in this process. My car is written off. It's stolen. Um, and I claim, right? How how long does that normally take? Um, and the reason why I ask is because I'm thinking if I'm somebody who uses the car on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't have a car. You know, I mean, again, it depends. There's courtesy cars and, and I want you to get into that as well. Um, can can I also then finance another car in that process? Okay, all what right. What does that look like for a customer mm. or somebody else who's in that situation? Okay, all right. So it's very important um, uh, that once you have been involved in, a, in an accident or your vehicle has been stolen, so obviously you need to notify your insurance company. As soon you, as possible. As soon yeah. as possible. Uh, you also need to notify your finance company that the asset or the vehicle that they financed on your behalf has been involved in an accident. Because obviously, like I mentioned earlier, that's the bank's security. So you need to notify the bank. We'll then liaise with the insurance company on okay. your behalf. However, the responsibility and the liability lies with you uh, in terms of providing your insurance company with the claims details, yeah. providing them with any necessary documentation that they may require from you to understand, say, for example, how did the accident happen? You are the only person that can provide that. So we can liaise with the insurance company, but there's just some information that we don't have and all of that uh, is then uh, sitting with you to be able to provide to the to the insurance company. Uh, ultimately, you are making two calls okay. because these are two separate entities that you've entered into contracts with. Uh, you will find instances where I have notified my insurance company that I'm in, a, in, a, in an accident, but my insurance company 
uh, does not pick up the call to notify the bank because at that point they don't need anything from the bank. Mm. So the bank is not in the know that you had an accident uh, and and may not be able then to either facilitate in terms of providing a settlement letter to the to the insurance company okay. or vice versa where you notify the bank that you've been involved in an accident but because the bank is not your your insurance cover underwriter and then they don't process your claim in terms of uh, uh, getting your claim payout. Mm. So ultimately, you need to make both uh, telephone calls and provide uh, both the parties with the details of the finance, the company you're financed with and of uh, provide the finance company the details of, of the insurance company. Okay. And you, you asked about the time frame. Mm. So ideally, we want to finalize these claims as soon as possible. But again, there is an investigation process part of it that the insurance company will have to to process through uh, a lot of it will be information that is requested from you to be able to provide to the insurance company for them to finalize so i think it differs from case to case mm. there are some matters that get finalized within the the the, the shortest period of time possible and the others just take forever so one of the claims that we've seen that has gone forever is where they're waiting for blood results sure. because mm. they, they, there was an accident and there was maybe alcohol involved. Okay. And so blood results may take long to come out. So they, I don't think I can put a time frame to it, but the quickest that we try and aim for is to try and say, let us finalize the claims within the same month that they happen okay. so that we, we also understand that the customer now has lost their vehicle, their mode of transport is gone. Mm. Uh, we want to get them back into the car as soon as possible. Okay. And, and Paula, during this process as a customer, um, you know, while I'm, let's say I haven't phoned West Bank, I've only phoned my insurance company, or I'm thinking about it, whatever the case may be. In your case, where you are, is the customer compelled to pay these premiums or the, the monthly debit orders? Yes. Um, so yes, to speak. But you remember, you, you, you still have a contact. I'll give you my example. Um, I wrote off my car in uh, 2018 on this very same highway. <laughs> um, and the car was financed with the West Bank. Um, it was a call to the insurance company at the time and a call to West Bank to notify them. Mm. Um, and, and I was told, look, you will have to continue paying your installment up until such time that the insurance company has settled the account. Um, I know at the time it's like you don't have a car. Why must I still pay? And I'm thinking, you know, I could have scored that money, which mm. is <laughs> ultimately would anyone would, would want to think that. But you've got a contract, you know. You have to continue paying. You said, Mr. Bank, please pay for this car. I will pay you back because I don't have the full amount. So up until such time that the insurance company settled my account, then only the, the debit order was stopped. Sure. So so you still have to continue paying, yes. essentially. Ngawa, yes. you want to add to that? I want to add to that, that what I, I normally say to my customers is that You've taken out a contract with your insurance company that says, I have insured my vehicle for the market value. Mm. Um, the incident happens today and um, you've paid a debit order to the bank, right? When your insurance company makes the payout to you, your market value is your market value. It's mm. not going to yeah. change because you mm -mm. paid one more debit order or one less debit order to the bank. So... Typical example is 
I get involved in a car accident and I'm insured with my insurance company for 100,000 rands. Mm. I have an excess of 2,500 rand. No additional excesses are charged. My insurance company is going to say 100,000, which is the insured amount, minus my excess of uh, 2,000 uh, rands, and they will pay out the difference thereafter. If, for example, you 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 were owing the bank fifty thousand, most insurance companies will pay you the difference out already, or others will say because the finance is still outstanding, mm. we will pay everything to the bank and the bank can perform the refund to you. Yeah. Okay. So your insured amount will not change. So your debit order must still continue paying. Like to Paula's yeah. uh, example now, that. Your contract has not ended because okay. you had an incident. Your mm. due uh, payment monthly is still due and you're still obliged to pay it because remember your debit orders has got an effect on your credit profile. Mm. So on a monthly basis, the bank will submit a report to the bureau that says this is Lebu's conduct. This is how Lebu's managing his account and paying upfront irrespective that you've got an insurance claim or not pending. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Quite. Quite interesting. Um. You know, because you spoke about how it can affect one's credit record. Um. You still need to continue with the contract. I want us to, and and maybe Ngawa, you can touch on this. Um. You know, can I apply for car finance during this process? Because the truth is, you've got a car because you need it. In an instance where it's stolen, or in an accident. You, the, the car is not there. Yeah. Can I apply for, for car finance during this process? And what does that mean for me uh, as somebody in that situation? Okay. The simple answer is yes, you can apply for finance. The secondary answer is can you afford two debit orders at the same time? So your affordability comes into play. Mm. So yeah. if you affordability in terms of all your other debt that you owe allows you to take on an additional debit order and your, 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 your application goes through successfully, you will be granted the finance. The decision is with you still to decide, am I willing to pay two debit orders at the same time? Mm. One for the one, the vehicle that the claim is still pending and for my new car. Uh, so I normally advise let us as quickly as possible get your 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 claim finalized so that you you've got that one thing finalized in case for there are people that will say i need this vehicle because i need to take my kids to school mm. yeah. uh, without the car then I, I can't get my kids to school i can't get to work so with mine um level what happened was i had car hire so i paid a bit more on my my comprehensive insurance mm. so i had car hire up until um, settlement was made um, and the account was closed. Then mine, well, during that time, I obviously was looking for a new car. Um, and then once the account was closed, the new one started. So this, so, so this is where car hire or courtesy yes, car, as, as yes. they commonly refer to it. It actually helps. Gap. Okay. Yeah. So it actually helps. I like that. Now, um, from a, you know, there seems to be quite a lot of risks when one, firstly, does not have comprehensive insurance or even insurance at all you know because from what i've figured what, what you said earlier on uh, ngawa in the introduction is that you must have comprehensive insurance 
Are there any other types of insurances that people take out there? They do. Um, so you've got a third-party fire and theft. So that means it's it only covers the eventuality when you um, have an accident with another party mm. and fire and theft. So it does that mean uh, your your car is not covered? Sure. Okay. Which is which you pay cheaper. Okay. So yeah. it's cheaper because you cover somebody else and not yourself. Correct. So it means that if I'm in an accident, uh, I'm not covered, but the other person is. Okay. Yeah. Um, fully comprehensive insurance means you're covered for any loss or damage. Um, you can take car hire with my example. I mean, I'm so glad that the consultant actually said, pay the extra 35 rand, ma'am. You know, anything can happen if the car is stolen or written off, you've got car hire. Mm. Um, at the time I thought extra 35 rand, but I'm glad I took it. Um, and then with not having insurance, you know, you could ha have an accident where there's a, a three-car pileup hmm. and you're the cause of it. Now you, you can't fix your car. You have to pay the bank. You have to pay all these other vehicles because you were the cause of it. It changes your whole life completely, financially, because hmm. now you, you have to pay for everybody else. You're liable. You're liable. You are liable is, to that pay is, it. That is a key one. And, um, you know, the sad part is that people don't understand that it ruins your life completely. Sure. It affects your family life. Where do you start? Where do you start? Where do you start? And, I mean, in terms of mm. – because there's certainly a risk there uh, from, from what you're saying. You know, what happens in the – you made an example earlier on using 100,000. Um, and I'd like us to go back to that example. You know, the value of your car is worth 100,000. You've got excess for 2,000 rands. What happens if, if, if there's more money that, out, that is outstanding, essentially? Uh, so the difference between the value of your car and what the insurance company can pay, what happens there? Um, I think it's referred to as shortfall. Shortfall cover, correct. Yeah, covers you um, for the difference paid by your, obviously your underwriter, who's your underlying insurer, and what is owed to the bank. Um, so maybe let's, 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 okay. use, let's use an example. Okay. Let's say my car is worth 100 rand. Yes. Right? Market value, 100 rand. Yes. Um, and then the insurance, I'm, I'm not covered for market value whatever reason the insurance can only pay 80 rand right so you got a shortfall of 20 rand 20 rand okay um then ngawa won't close your account because you're still <laughs> for my money <laughs> for your 20 rand essentially and, and uh, then i still have to pay the debit order until the 20 rand is paid and everything is settled correct. what happens if and i mean we're using a very simplified example yeah. in terms mm. of numbers but the 20 rand could be 20,000 could be 40,000 mm. and 60,000 60, i yeah. don't readily have that 60,000 what happens in that case um okay all right so once you um um like paula mentioned now you have an option to take out a short for cover uh, that covers you in an instance where your insurance company has paid on the comprehensive cover mm. but there's still a balance outstanding to the bank yeah mm. so we will lodge that claim on your behalf and claim towards the short for cover and um, you still remain liable, rightfully, like you say, you still have to pay that amount in terms of what is outstanding. And uh, uh, we will claim that for you from your comprehensive cover. But my point earlier again, 
your excess that you've taken out matters because the shortfall cover can only cover your basic excess. Mm. So if uh, people opt to take a, a, a cover that has got huge excesses, for example, you will find some covers that say you're not allowed to drive after 8 p.m. If you do, we will charge you an additional excess. Or if you have, uh, for example, an, an authorized person driving your car, most insurance cover will deduct an additional excess for that. So mm. you will find that a lot of, 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 of payment amounts or rather the payout amount has been affected negatively because of the huge excess. The mm. shortfall cover is not going to come cover all of those excesses mm. that you incurred at your comprehensive uh, cover claim. They will also deduct those ones. So you will find instance where a customer now has a shortfall after the shortfall cover has paid mm. because of incorrectly insuring your vehicles in order to enjoy a, a, a lower premium. Sure. Yeah. And I just want us to maybe take a bit of a husa, a bit of a breather here, because I think, um, you know, we, we've dropped quite a lot of things by way of reflection, you know. So to somebody who's listening out there, in terms of where we are, it's quite clear that the first thing is that you must be comprehensively covered, one. And then there's the issue of um, access, you know, make sure that the access that you have, and I want us to unpack access um, after this, hence, hence I want us to reflect on our discussion so far. Make sure that the access that you've asked for is what you can afford. But then right now what you're saying, Gawa, is that there's terms and conditions to an access. Um, yeah. So are we then saying that, you know, it's part of those T's and C's up front and you must be mindful of what it is? Yes. Okay. So, um. Uh, if you go back now and you look at your policy wording that your insurance company has sent you, all of this information is contained there. Mm. It's just that we are not reading to see it until such a time when we need it. So mm. if you go to your policy now, you will see they've told you what amount you're insured for, what is your basic excess, because it's, it's standard, you will have a basic excess, and check is there additional excesses and what are they how much does it all add up to because you can actually really do a calculation now and say out of the insured amount these are the excesses i have these are the additional excesses uh what would be an estimate payout versus what is my statement from the bank showing that i owe so you will get an idea of how much would be paid out and if your your vehicle account would be settled in full or not. Um, what is this concept of excess? Because it comes up quite a lot. What is excess? Um, so, so excess is your first, first amount payable by a insured who is the customer. So that's the part that is not covered by the insurance. And why do I have to pay it? Um, why is it there? You, well, you've got the option. You can have an excess or you don't. Okay. So, so insurance companies offer you that option where we say you can pay extra with no excess or you can pay and have an excess. Because you remember, the higher your premium, the lower your excess. If I pay higher premium at a later stage, I've got a lower excess and vice versa. 
what are the trends that we are seeing in Gawa where you where you sit in the claims uh, space when it comes to access? Okay, so we, we're seeing a lot of, um, uh, and to your point, you are right. Okay. I'm going to enjoy a lower premium today, but in a case of a claim or keep my fingers crossed that I never get involved in an accident. Uh, but in a case of when payout uh, time comes out, I then suffer that loss in that my payout will be lower. So it's a, it's a really a choice that people make to say mm. it's either I want to enjoy a lower premium today and have a little bit money left over at the end of the month okay. versus in mm. case of an incident, does it get uh, paid out? And if you just talk about uh, uh, the trends that we, we're seeing out there. So a lot of that is not covered or a lot of things that people do not uh, uh, consider when, when, when uh, driving your car or giving it out there is I am a mother. I have a child that can drive my car and I just want my child to go to the shops. My child has got a license, quite correct. But this is my child in my house. Go to the shops and get us a few things that we need. Mm. If that uh, uh, accident happens with your child driving, your child is not the authorized driver. Mm. So your insurance company is going to come and say, you are insured for this amount. We're deducting a basic excess. We are also deducting an excess for unauthorized driver sure. driving because this is not the person you told us will be driving your car. Remember, your premium is determined, like Paula said, based on your risk mm. uh, assessment. That is done on you as the nominated driver. So somebody else is driving, they charge you an additional excess for that. Okay. If the person that is, is driving doesn't have a license. They know how to drive, but they don't. Those are additional accesses that are going to, to come in. Uh, you will find that maybe an additional access could also be for for driving. I've seen ridiculous ones where they, they charge you for driving at a certain time of the day. Sure. Because in your uh, uh, assessment with the insurance company, you said, I only drive it at this time. From this time, it will be locked in this packed mm. garage or ah. wherever. Mm. Now you're driving at midnight, which is ridiculous to me. I, I shouldn't be prescribed to when I want to drive it mm. out or not. But those are some of the funnies that we see in terms of these additional uh, uh, excesses that you, you may have. And maybe just another point that, uh, that, that, that uh, uh, came to my mind when Paula was talking now is... Yes, you may have this comprehensive cover, mm. but there are still some do's and don'ts. Mm. So, for example, I have comprehensive cover, but now I'm driving the car and I'm drunk. Mm. So the claim will be rejected. rejected. Yeah. So, interesting. And, and yeah. I mean, Paula, is this the reason why when I take up insurance, you would ask me so many questions? Yes. Where do you park? Is it business or is it um, private? private? Yes. Is somebody else driving? Is this the reason? I mean, maybe take us through five key highlights in terms of these the things that, you know, insurance companies ask yeah. Yeah. and why they ask them. Exactly. Because sometimes I wonder, I mean, who cares? Who's, it's my car. Who <laughs> cares it, who is else it is it driving? under a locked uh, car park? Yeah. Those kinds of questions, now it's starting to make sense. during the day? Mm. You know, is it a higher risk of it being stolen where it's parked? Um, the area. Even, the area. Okay. They even ask, you know, how long have you had your license? It, it shows your... Um, your experience, you know, if you just recently got your license, the risk is that you might have an accident because mm. you're not an experienced driver. 
Hmm. Um, so that's why they asked, so how long have you had your license? Um, you know, also if you had previous insurance, um, also to see, you know, is this somebody that has had previous insurance before? Interesting. Um, to see, you know, the type of history that you have. And I really do hope that those who are listening are adding to this list because, you know, quite a lot of interesting gems are coming through in terms of things to look out for. Um, I want to go to tweets, uh, you know, because we do have people who tweet on certain things. Quite important that we reflect on that. Um, one tweet here says that, and I want to read it out as is, um, Why does the bank force me to have insurance when I feel I don't need one? Um, <laughs> you know, that's that's the first part of the question. And then the tweeter went on to say there is a product um, that is debiting against my account that I did not ask for. Why? I don't know if you want to touch on that. Sure. Well, um, so... As part of your agreement, and I think Gawa started nicely to say, you you came to the bank and asked us for a loan. Mm. So we obviously paid this money over with the agreement that you would pay us back. Um, as part of the agreement, we say that you must have comprehensive insurance. It's mandatory to the contract. If you don't have insurance... Um, I mean, legally, you are in breach of the contract. Mm. And I mean, we know what happens when you're in breach of a contract. There's lots of legal matters and cost, and we don't want that for our customers. So just to safeguard the customer as well as us, um, we offer a limited cover, um, okay. which we add to the customer's account. But I mean, if the customer can confirm and prove to us that he does have comprehensive insurance on the asset, we'll remove the cover. Okay. It's just a safety net, making sure that the asset is covered. So it's a risk uh, mitigation yes. um, strategy, if I can Correct. put it that way, yeah. to make sure that the customer yeah. is covered. Yeah. And up until the customer provides proof of comprehensive insurance, insurance will cancel. Will cancel. Okay, interesting. Another tweet here says that, um, guys, what car insurance are y'all um, using that didn't give you problems after your claim? Um, I, I think maybe I think it's different for each one. Okay, it's different for each one. It depends on on you know some customers have brokers, mm. um, and brokers deal with their insurance. It depends on the individual. There isn't one set. It, I think the only time you'll experience um, an insurance company is when you claim. I was going to say, you know, there's a famous, a very well-known insurance company. They used to have a billboard on the M1 highway. You know, it literally read, to know how good your insurance is, comma, claim. claim. Correct. <laughs> That's when you experience the process. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you actually brought it up. Yeah. Um, but maybe this person is really asking, you know, what are the things that I need to look out for? So when I do get to that point of claiming, um, I'm not surprised. I think, yes, yeah. we've mentioned a few things in terms of the T's and C's. You know, are they reputable companies or things that you need to look out for when you take out your insurance? Um, I don't know if you guys want to, Ngawa, drop some, some pointers <laughs> I'm there. I'm not dropping some names. I am not no dropping names. names. No <laughs> names. Just maybe things to look out for. Um, yeah. You know, we would obviously, so, as, as, as to Paula's point yeah. earlier, we want the customer to be insured. We yes. also want a win as, as, mm. as the financer and mm. so does the insurance. Yeah. Um, 
what are the th- the pitfalls? The don't fall into these traps. Don't ABC. fall into these traps. Yeah. Uh, so I think we, we we've we've overdone the excess one because I think for <laughs> me that's a very big uh, indicator mm. of what your claim experience will be in terms of what have you insured it for. So if you find an insurance company that's pushing you to insure it for the least amount, you need to start asking yourself a question: Is this the insurance company that I want to be uh, insured with? You also get public uh, reports that uh, uh, publish uh, annual results in terms of which companies had the most claims, what was the percentage of rejected claims Mm. uh, that that you can then use as a a benchmark to see which ones are the the biggest uh, um, uh, companies that give you the biggest problems. Uh, but I, I always shy away from the question about which is the best because your experience is not it's going different. to be mine. My risk profile is not the same as yours or my incident that I'll be involved in is not going to be mm. the So we may be insured with the same insurance company, but you conducted yourself very well. Mm. You were not drunk when you were having the, the incident. Uh, so when you claim, your claim gets paid out. Mm. Whereas I am now drunk while I'm having the accident or whatever the case may be. And I'm obviously not going to have a nice story to say about that that insurance company. So I think it's very individualized and, and, and yeah. you've got a lot to say with mm. how your, your claim will be out there. And there's always an option where you feel that you have not been treated fairly. Mm. Uh, you you had insurance cover and you feel that this insurance cover uh, company is not treating you fairly as a customer. There is an insurance ombudsman where these matters can be referred to to okay. say, I've conducted myself well, I've paid my premiums the whole time, but uh, I feel that my insurance company has not paid my claim because of these are the points why I don't agree. There's always an option of the ombudsman who's an independent body to look over those those matters. Interesting. Mm. So, I mean, in closing, and Paula, I'll give you an opportunity to add, when one claims, you need to be mindful of the car because something happens to the car, you yep. know, somebody else, if you bumped somebody else or yes. other cars were involved, but most importantly yourself because you as the customer or the driver uh, have a different risk profile yes you could be drunk whatever the case may be so it's not a cut and paste solution if i'm hearing you correctly Mm -hmm. uh, ngawa yeah okay it it is not a cut and paste and 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 uh, sorry one more thing now came to my (laughs) mind around the insured value to to polar's point so you will find that you buy a car then you go and insure it for 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 market value let's Mm. say for example but you've gone and put extras on your car. Hmm. So now your financed amount is high because you went and took top range, uh, top of the range sound system. You put mags. What else could Sun you roof. put? Sunroof. Sunroof. Um, now yeah. your car's suddenly not 100,000. Now it's 300,000 sure. more. But your insurance company is saying, but the price of this car cannot go beyond this. So if the payout comes, it's obviously going to be So to do be I affected. now inform my insurance policy or my insurer when I add all of these yes. things? Yes. Okay, so that they can adjust the, yeah. the policy and the premium accordingly. The insured amount. The insured amount, I like yes. that. Okay, yes. any last um, words or pointers from you, Paula, in terms of where you sit? What are the kinds of things that, that, that you'd want people to be mindful of or just in closing? For me, read 
Okay. And ask the question. I mean, you sit on that phone for so long with the person that's trying to sell that insurance. Mm. Ask the question. If I end up in an accident and my car is written off, what is it that you will pay? Explain to me the process. Um, I mean, you know, that person is trying to sell you the insurance and they will give you everything that you need to know. Check the excesses. Check the additional excesses. Check who can drive the car. Um, make sure that they've got um, assist, an assist line. You know, if you're stranded on, we as females, if you're stranded on the side mm. of the road, that there's someone that you can call and help you. Um, check if there's an uh, easy way to submit a claim. Mm. You know, there's no forms to fill in. I mean, we're moving into the 21st century level. Uh, is there an app that I can download mm. on my phone as an e easy reference? You know, it's all about convenience. Mm. Um, I think everybody's out there to make um, customers' lives easier, and that's what we do as well. But make sure that you also understand what is your responsibility as the customer. I like that. Very, very strong point to close on. And I really hope that those who are listening, you have picked up a gem uh, or two or three, you know, and we've demystified all of these things that, that surround insurance. And you are in a position to be able to make different choices and options as we take the WTF out of finance. Thank you, ladies. It's been a great chat. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope that you found it useful. Now go and subscribe to be notified when our next informative episode is available.